Hello, and welcome to Learning for Life at Gustavus, the podcast about people teaching and learning at Gustavus Adolphus College and the myriad ways that Gustavus liberal arts education provides a lasting foundation for lives of fulfillment and purpose. I'm your host, Greg Castor, faculty member in the Department of History. Twenty twenty one was another outstanding season for Gustavus Volleyball. Conference champions for the fourth time, which leaves them tied with Concordia for second most in the conference, the team advanced to the NCAA Division III tournament for the fifth time in the last seven years and tenth time overall. They beat Chicago in the first round before losing to number one seed University of Wisconsin Eau Claire, leaving them 27 6 uh, overall. No one knows better what the season was like than my guests today. Rochelle Sheridan, or Roe, the team's head coach, and her star player, Kate Holton. Coach Sheridan has held her position since 2010, following coaching stints at Luther College and Winona State University. In 12 seasons, she has led the Gustavus team to numerous conference playoffs and NCAA tournaments. Her success has garnered her Coach of the Year honors from both the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, or MIAC, and the American Volleyball Coaches Association, or AVCA. Kate, now a senior, has her own impressive record and honors. She holds the Gustavus record for number of career kills at 1,711 and has the fifth highest number of career digs at 1,289, making her one of just two players in the program's history to amass 1,000 of each. This season, she was voted Conference Player of the Year and for the fourth time, All-Conference Team Member. She was also selected to the 2021 AFCA's Third Team All-America, and even more impressive, the, more impressive, the College Sports Information Directors Association's Academic All-American Volleyball Team. Both Coach Sheridan and Kate have much to tell us about Gustavus Volleyball, as well as student athletics, in particular women's athletics in a liberal arts college setting, and I'm delighted they can join me to talk about that and more for this episode of the podcast. So welcome, Coach, uh, Coach Rowe and Kate. It's great to have you on. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for having us. Thank you for making the time. My pleasure. Um, I can't say I, I'm, I, I don't play. I used to love to play volleyball when I was younger. I haven't played in, God, I won't say how many years, um, but it's fun to watch. I can tell you that. I really enjoyed it. So I look forward to this very much. Um, first, again, congratulations on all the honors, both of you, um, over the years, four for you, Kate, and 12 for you, uh, Ro. And um, I, I before we get into sort of volleyball and your backgrounds, maybe just start by noting for listeners that this uh, year, 2022, is the 50th anniversary of uh, congressional passage of the federal civil rights law, Title IX, which really revolutionized women, uh, women's athletics and, and education, including higher education. And so you're kind of the inaugural episode in, in my, what I hope will be a series mm-hmm. of episodes with uh, uh, coaches and women athletes about uh, women's athletics uh, at at Gustavus. So again, welcome. What about um, the pandemic? Let's start there, which I like to do with students and faculty. And again, I'm laughing because otherwise I think I'd start crying. Um, I was away for a year and a half, like many faculty, came back in person in the fall. Just in general, what has it been like for for each of you? Maybe Kate, you want to start from the student's perspective? Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't say that it's been the most fun experience, but um, I think that that's kind of a broad statement for everyone. Um, I think as a student athlete, like it's just been um, a process of continually adjusting to um, the changes and the rules and um, yeah, just kind of having an open mind. And I also think um, it's allowed all of us 
to gain a little bit more perspective on how grateful we are um, to have the opportunity to compete. And I know like this season, we really emphasize just being thankful for every day we got to practice together as a team, whether we were wearing masks or not, um, whether we were playing games or not, and um, just kind of trying to find the fun in the sport and um, yeah, be really grateful for those opportunities when we did get to compete um, but yeah, it was definitely a time of uh, just adjusting continually. All, all well said, and I think that point about perspective is really, uh, really important. What What about uh, courses? Were they just were, were you online a lot in the in the last year? Yeah, and a half? yeah. I kind of think back to the initial, um, the initial like couple of months when we first went online in the spring of 2020. I think that that was probably. Um, kind of the biggest adjustment you know everyone was <laughs> learning how to use zoom which is just second right. nature now but um, back then it was not definitely so yeah I think um, it was a little bit more difficult to find the motivation to sit down and do your homework when you're at home and yes. not um, there's not a whole lot else going on so I think it was um, definitely a tough time for a lot of people and I think um kind of had to find that self-drive to get things done uh, that maybe got a little bit easier as time went on and it kind of became our no- new normal. But um, yeah, I would say it was definitely kind of a, kind of a grind as a student to make sure you stayed up to speed with everything. Yeah, I can, I can, I can relate as, as a professor teaching uh, online and I, I don't work well at home. I need to get the hell out of here and go somewhere coffee shop, <laughs> like, um, but, but was unable to do so for quite a while. So it was, it was tough. On the other hand, your, your point about perspective is so important as a historian, you know, thinking about, you know, people, let's say even even some people may be living, uh, but, you know, people who endured 1918 and then the Great Depression, World War II. I mean, you know, in some ways we have it easy um, and we have this technology, at least, that wasn't available to them, not to mention vaccines. Coach, what about you? What's it been like? It's been interesting. Um, (laughs) I mean, let's be real. It's been a challenge and I think it is affecting everyone in numerous different ways. Um, There's definitely some good that has gone with the bad and the terrible for some. Um, I think, well, personally, I was trying to think back of, I was pregnant for part of it. So that was interesting in itself. And then our assistant, who is wonderful, I'm sure we'll talk about later, um, kind of took over for the team for part of it. So she was all alone during COVID and running the team and did a wonderful job. But um, and I think coaching is just it was it's challenging to um, be there as a support system, but always I feel like being the bearer of bad news um, for mm. our athletes. Cause and our student athletes, I mean, so many, so many things were kind of taken away from their norm. And so continually um, having to do that, uh, but then also being creative and finding ways to, you know, still connect as a team. We did lots of zooms, um, you know, we did what we could for working out. Um, when we first came back in the fall, two falls ago, and it was only our first years, um, there were a lot of restrictions on how and when we could practice. And so we actually went outside on the beach courts, <laughs> um, the sand courts down uh, in town, which are actually really awesome. And we were down there for a month and a half training, oh, safer wow. place to be outside. Um, and But then up to just first year, so we had no upperclassmen. 
So yeah, it's been a wild ride. Um, I think both personally and professionally. Um, but as Kate said, man, has it brought a lot of perspective, um, something that you never thought would be taken away from these student athletes and, and was for really a year and a half or more. And, right. um, and now for them to, you know, have the season that they did and to be able to be back, um, together was pretty special. Well, you're mentioning too the creativity that that is mm-hmm. extremely interesting to me. Um, one day, all of this will be written about. I mean, historians are already on it. I'm sure sociologists. But just all the all the creativity, you know, not just by educators but by others in response to um, the challenges. So, I take it from what you're both both saying. There was no um, was there any actual competition be- before this most recent season or not? That, Go is, ahead, Kate. that is you in the con- conference competition is what I'm talking about. Go ahead, Kate. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Roll. No, I was just going to say um, there we did have like a mini season in the spring of 21. Um, okay. And so we they were allowed to kind of have I think it was like six or see I was on I was on maternity leave during that time um I think we were a lot of like six or seven matches uh and it all within conference teams and there were just a lot of quarantine um you know half the team was able to compete half wasn't you would find out the night before there would be a lot of last minute changes so I think they're thankful that they got something but you know in a normal season we're competing in 30 plus matches so wow that's a big difference Kate did you want to add anything to that um no I can just kind of um kind of go off what coach Rowe was saying there like she wasn't there for most of it um but like she said Alyssa did a really great job um stepping up from an assistant coach role to being our head coach, especially during that tough time. And yeah, I think we played, gosh, I don't even know our team total because it was always a different group of people. I think I played in one game that spring maybe. <laughs> and cause you know, like close contacts, everything like that. And so it was just, you know, it was just kind of like exhausting. You would jump to practice and then, we would test before practice and before you knew it, we weren't putting our shoes, we were taking our shoes right back off and, yeah. not taking, you know, it was just kind of like a, every day was, um, was a new, a new uh, obstacle to overcome. So, <laughs> right. yeah. definitely, it definitely has felt that way. I think for some, some, for maybe all of us in one way or another, um, what, so what, is, what exactly is this? The season is in the fall. Is that right? When, when does, when is the season typically yeah. normally? Yep, that's correct. The season uh, is normally in the fall. And so we have preseason, which is a couple weeks of practice before we have our first official competition in August, mid-August. So they come to campus a little early. And then the bulk of the season is September, October with playoffs in November. And then then the furthest tournament is the first weekend before, or excuse me, the weekend before Thanksgiving. So it's a lot of competition in a sh- in a short amount of time. <laughs> but this so this fall, it really was a, a normal. Uh, if I'm thinking back to the calendar, right, a, nor- a really a normal season, pretty much in terms of the time timeline. Yeah, it was. We were very fortunate as well. Um, our team stayed healthy. Um, I still like don't want to jinx something by saying that <laughs> now. It feels like I can't even <laughs> say that, but um, stayed healthy and we didn't have to um you know we didn't have any COVID cases and we just felt very fortunate wow. to have a full-length season that's fantastic i have to say in general uh, i went back in person as i said in the fall after 
what, a year and a half away, something like that. But um, <clears throat> impressive what, how Gustavus has handled this, I think. Um, like other schools, it's done it done it smartly. I mean, you can't completely evade the virus, but or avoid it. But um, we've we've done a good job, and that's another example of that. So um, again, just congratulations on the season. I was hearing about it, you know, from students in class and also via the weekly and blog posts. Very exciting. What about? Um, why don't we talk a little bit about your background? So maybe Kate, start with you. If I'm remembering correctly, you grew up in Rochester, Minnesota. Home to the Mayo Clinic. What um, talk to us a little bit about you know your your upbringing and, and and what brought you to Gustavus? Yeah, so yeah, I grew up in Rochester. Um, I'm one of nine kids, so I come from a really big family. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm the third. I'm the third oldest, and um, I can say that my ties to Gustavus are definitely um, due to the two siblings that came before me. Um, they both went to Gustavus. My older brother, Will, um, played hockey, and my older sister, Nora, um, played volleyball here as well. Um, I got to play with her my first two years, so that was That's something great. that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I would just say uh, growing up in a big family is a lot of fun. Um, I was homeschooled for a while, huh. and then I went to Mayo High School, and um, yeah, I, I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, I played some musical instruments, kind of just had like a broad, um, broad interest level and um, eventually narrowed down that volleyball is the biggest interest. So um, kind of all of that combined to lead me to Gustavus. What, uh, what instruments do you play or did you play at the time? Um, I can play the piano, probably not very well anymore. Um, and I can also play the guitar. Oh, wow. That's great. Did, yeah. um, was, was Gustavus already on your horizon? I mean, you, you knew about it. Uh, I had, I had not heard of Gustavus when I interviewed 35 years ago. I didn't, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I really hadn't heard of Olaf or I think I probably had heard of Carlton, um, but neither Olaf nor, nor Gustavus. Uh, but, but you, you knew about it already. What was it? Can you say a little bit more about what it was about Gustavus that attracted you? Yeah. Um, so I mean, my initial awareness was basically just because my older siblings went there. So um, kind of once they made that decision, you know, I was um, in the car a lot traveling to see them, to watch their sporting <laughs> events, stuff like that. So yeah. I think the familiar familiarity um, was definitely a draw for me. But sure. I would say before that, um, you know, I was too young to kind of have an awareness of colleges. So, um, yeah, I would say when Coach Rowe started recruiting my sister, Nora, is kind of um, when it was on my horizon, but I, I would still say that, um, you know, just like the community aspect, which everyone says about Gustavus, right. um, the small, the small feel, the, um, like academic, um, the academic level and, um, kind of the prestige of the courses and the, um, classes here were definitely a draw for me as well. Um, not just because my family went here and because I, was interested in playing volleyball for Roe. So, right. Um, a lot of factors definitely led into that. Yeah, season. a lot. And the, I, I mean, this, and of course, I, I should realize, right, you had said that your, your siblings went here. My brother, I went to Northern Illinois University for my BA and, and then an MA in history. And my brother came two years younger than me after me. And I wonder how much of that was just sort of, well, that's where his older brother went. I don't know. But yeah, lots of different factors. You were already You were already playing volleyball in high school, I assume, or not? Yep. Yeah, I've actually been playing volleyball since like fourth grade. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it was a long time coming. I always knew I uh, 
wanted to pursue some type of athletic after high school. And yeah, by about ninth grade, I think I knew it was volleyball. <laughs> You're a veteran. Did your, um, did your parents or, or grandparents also go to Gustavus? No, there was no um, family connections before, um, before my siblings. So well, that actually crazy. makes me happy. Yeah. No, that makes me, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always happy about the longstanding family connections, but it's also good when we have people who are, you know, first, first timers, uh, your age or, or a bit older and uh, nine children. So how, let's see, how many more college age kids are there in your family? Please send them to Gustavus <laughs> right away. Well, well, my younger brother, Jack, is a junior now this year at Gustavus and the next one is a senior, so we'll see where he ends up. He's still trying to figure it out, but there's definitely a lot of potential there. <laughs> and, you know, I think I have to double check. I think I might have had Jack in class even this um Maybe even this past fall. I have to double check that. Anyway, Jack. Um, well, that all sounds great. We're glad you came. And, and Coach, what about you? What tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you got into volleyball and made your way to Gustavus. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the Midwest, and here I am, still a Midwesterner in Minnesota. I actually am not far um, <clears throat> from here, where I grew up in Anoka, Minnesota, uh, oh, sure. and and attended Anoka High School there, and then went on to the University of St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, and after uh, it was interesting, I knew going into college, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I liked. I liked psychology and art and I had always, I had run track and played volleyball pretty much my whole life as well. So I knew I loved athletics too, um, and could see myself doing that, but decided to go to the art, go the art path. And I was a graphic design major, um, oh, wow. and ended up coaching right after college and never turned back. So, uh, our uh, good friend of mine, who is now another head coach in the uh, conference at Augsburg, came back for an alumni match when I was a senior and and said, hey, you should come be my assistant. I just, you know, she got the head job at Luther College. <laughs> and we were kind of joking about it. And then I was thinking about it. And she came to my senior art show. And I was like, yeah, I think I'll go coach with you. I can still oh do God. art. <laughs> so I like helped out with some marketing stuff in the department and then ended up being the assistant there and knew not long after that, that's what I wanted to do. So wow. I had an opportunity to um, then coach as an assistant at Winona State for about a year and a half. And I knew I wanted to be a head coach specifically in D3. And it was kind of like a dream if I could get back into the MIAC, the conference I played in. And sure. um it was really rare, like six jobs opened within like a year, year and a half, um, just from retirement and coaches moving around. So, um, so yeah, uh, I interviewed at a couple of places and, um, yep. Very fortunate that Gustavus was interested and I guess you can say the rest is history. Well, we're fortunate too, that you, uh, yeah. you, you took the job, you know, a, a couple of things. One, that is a great story. I, I love that kind of story where there's no direct line between, it's not like you mm -hmm. majored in coaching or education. Mm -hmm. um, we can get into it later, maybe because I'm going to ask you about coaching, what art and coaching have to do with one another. But so it sounds <laughs> like, correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of went into coaching cold. I mean, you, you hadn't done any real college well, level coaching? Had, or No, not college. I mean, I went right from, you know, my senior year, I graduated and then became an assistant in college. So that was really interesting, just being almost the same age as those that I right. coached. I mean, I wasn't the head coach, so that was a right. little bit easier, but it was still a challenge at times. Um, 
And, and then I had coached like summer camps, you know, in, uh, in college with my coach and I'd always enjoyed it. And I coached club teams, which is really big, um, playing club volleyball as a high school, um, is pretty, as a high schooler, is pretty common. Um, and so I had done that, but, but yeah, I didn't, I literally was like looking for graphic design jobs. Um, <laughs> and then this yeah thing happened with Jane and, um, and yeah, so then I became a college coach, and like I said, the rest is history. <laughs> wow, that was great. The um, <laughs> by the way, were you were, were you replacing? Uh, was it Gretchen Kohler who, who retired? I'm trying well, to... so Gretchen, who you most definitely should interview in the future. Right, and, and um, Kate, my wife and I know know Gretchen. Yeah, yeah, Gretchen is awesome. Um, she comes is. to almost all of our home matches still, and comes down and wishes us me luck and the team before the mm. matches. And she's got her B stuff on, and it's just oh, awesome. <laughs> but great. um, she is great um but yeah um i'm sorry i lost the question well i was asking about gretchen. was gretchen the retiree that you um no so actually big... carrie eckhart had oh, taken right. over for gretchen in 96 yes. yeah That's so right. a kind of fun fact too is i'm only the third coach ever volleyball coach at gustavus wow. uh, pretty unheard of yeah so carrie took over for her and carrie's still in the department as an assistant athletic director and um so yeah i followed in her footsteps okay yeah gretchen when kate and i we now live in the twin cities but we lived in saint peter for a long time and and knew gretchen um yeah amazing amazing figure in all kinds of ways the, um, kate what about your major you is it is it management and if so if i'm right how did you come to that yeah yep i studied business management um i was not one of those people that came to college knowing what I wanted to do at all. And I Good. actually, uh, <laughs> it took me a long time to figure it out, uh, about until maybe a month or two ago. Um, but I just liked how broad it was. I knew that I wanted to do something like within the business realm. And I figured that, um, it was just a good path that would open up a lot of opportunities and qualify me for a lot of different things. So that once I did figure it out, um, I had, kind of a broad knowledge so that's kind of how, what led me down that um down that path just kind of the broad nature and um there's a lot of you know you can kind of tailor um your elective courses and stuff to your interests so right that's kind of how i landed on that yeah and you've been involved with the am i again correct me if i'm wrong with the gustavus women in leadership uh conference at Professor Tunheim organizes. It sounds like I think i saw your name connection to one of those i don't know if you were an organizer or just attendee yeah, um, I started my junior year. I um, actually was a conference director, so I helped put on um, a pretty big conference. It was actually like the weekend before everything got shut down. So we got really lucky um, that spring of 2020 that we got to put on that conference because we had put a lot of work into it. Um, and then um, the next winter, I actually served as uh, co-president with one of my really good friends, Kelly Mostyn. So yeah, I was pretty involved with that. It was a lot of fun. That's all cool. Tell us, before we get to volleyball, and I promise we will next, tell us just a little bit about the uh, Gustavus and Women Leadership Program, what it's like, what it's about. Yeah, so um, basically, yeah, so Kathy Thunheim is the founder of it, and she served as my academic advisor um, before she took on a new role because she used to be a professor. So um, I've gotten to know her really well, and um, kind of her whole mission behind um, the organization is to develop women both personally and professionally for life beyond college. So, um, you know, there's events throughout the year on campus where um, kind of the executive board will bring in speakers to talk about just a wide variety of topics. Like we would have um, 
a lot of alumni would come back and talk about how they got their jobs, um, how to get a job, how to interview, um, kind of just like building professional skills and also a lot of networking, um, which right. has been a huge help, you know, as you um, pursue internships and jobs um, throughout and after college. So it was made, it was a really great um, group to be a part of. And I learned a lot from being involved in it. And I also just made a lot of connections, which I think is the coolest part. Yeah, that's great. I think um, <clears throat> sometimes networking gets a, I think a bad name or has a bad odor about it among some students, at least in my experience, but it's critically important. And there's a way to network without being a good old boys, you know, network, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've been very impressed with, you know, I've, I haven't talked to uh, Kathy Tunheim too much about it, but but students who've been involved in it, uh, and also the fact that you were you were helping to direct and organize is is, is, is you're saying great great experience. Well, so on to volleyball, um, which I know is dear to your hearts, obviously. <laughs> and again, congratulations on an amazing season. But what is it about the game? I wonder if you can articulate that. Each of you, it doesn't matter who wants to take a first stab at this. What is it about the game that that attracts you uh, that you particularly enjoy? or find particularly challenging, invigorating, all, all of the above? Can uh, yeah, I, I can, go first? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't I matter. Can, I go can ahead, take Kate. a stab at it first. Um, I think what drew me into volleyball and what's continued to um, just bring me a lot of joy throughout my years of playing is um, I'm a very competitive person, so it's definitely um, kind of an outlet for that competitive nature that I have. Um, I have always loved team sports, um, so just being part of a team and um, kind of creating those relationships is honestly probably the best part, and it's been really cool to um, get to meet so many great people and athletes who have a lot of the same goals and um, uh, values, I guess I would say, as myself. So I think that, you know, having that team nature, competitiveness, um, and just like, kind of like you touched on earlier, like volleyball is a really fast paced game. Um, yes. One thing that I think that is kind of unique about volleyball is that every single point ends with a mistake. So I think that it's, uh, it's a really great um, game to learn how to be mentally, um, mentally tough. You know, you can't dwell on things too long. And I think that there's just a lot of um, skills that I've developed that have translated to other parts of my life. And yeah, I just think like that fast-paced. I may have um, lost Kate. I'm not sure. Fast-paced nature and Rochelle, can you hear me? Competitiveness are probably yes, I my can two main. Um, why don't you go? Uh, that have kept me really. Let's see if we uh, get back, Kate. Um, why don't you really go ahead and take a take a stab at it, Kate? If you can um, hang on there for a second, we I, we seem to have lost your connection. What is it about the game that attracts you? I think you know, and hearing Kate talk about it, it's similar. Um, the game, and I've been playing since fourth grade as well. Uh, and it took me, a, even though it was fourth grade, it took me a while to figure out um, what my sport as an athlete was going to be. And I just loved, um, you know, there clearly, you have to be athletic and, um, you know, the physical skills, but it's also just, it's very, very technique focused. And there are so many different, um, small skills that needed to be work on, need to be worked on every single day throughout your entire career in order to get to even close to mastering them, which many still don't even do, um, even in the professional rank. So I think continually being challenged in that way, it is a very fast paced game. Um, and then the team part of it, the team aspect, um, 
just the closeness and relationships that you get, but the teamwork that is required, um, you know, of you're playing on a small court with five other people and, um, it just, there's a lot that goes communication and trust and understanding even body language, um, and how you kind of can create a flow that works together. That is, you know, the most effective and efficient. It's, it's just a really neat sport. Um, you know, like obviously biased, but like nothing else. Um, and this is a culture of volleyball. It's just a very positive culture. And what do you mean, what do you mean by that? Can you, can, can you elaborate I on just, that? I mean, if you just, if, if you watch, I mean, I guess even for you, maybe if you've been to a volleyball um, match before or watch it on TV, yes. and if you compare it to different sports, it just seems like even when I watch, um, I guess even the ones I respect the the coaches that it's just that everyone's pretty low key, even killed. You have coaches that are cheering for each other. I think it is more rare. I mean, you'll see coaches get up and talk to officials, but it's more rare for um, coaches to be in officials faces about anything. Um, and then again, like I said, you're, you see the team on the floor and there's like funny memes making fun of volleyball teams about <laughs> this because they like hug after every single point, but it is true. <laughs> but that connection, I mean, we go, we can go into detail. We have like a whole thing about how our huddles need to look and how, like what degree our arms need to be at and our eye contact and all of this. But that's so important because volleyball is so up and down and, you know, you lose a point and you got to shake it off because it's coming 10 seconds later, the next one. So that piece of it and that connecting um, and that positivity is really important, I think, to to kind of have the mental fortitude to be able to move on to the next play and perform at your best if you just made a mistake. All of that is so cool to hear. I mean, I, 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 I know that mm-hmm. from watching the game, but have not never really thought about it that much and you just answered a question i've had like why all the huddling and hugging what is that about you know at the end of, <laughs> yeah. i mean it's after almost after every every point right it, seems it is whatever, yeah yeah like that. i said there's funny memes joking about like oh. you know there's a group of drawn of a group of people just like hugging and they're like volleyball players after every single <laughs> point you know i can't imagine <laughs> how many of you tracked it how many are in a um a, a match but i <sighs> yeah you're just uh, again the teamwork aspect and how connected there's so much more that goes into their relationships just off the court too and then therefore i think you know allows them to play um better and trust each other even more um while playing but um, yeah, it's pretty neat. Very cool. Um, Kate, are you there? Yeah, sorry, I got disconnected. <laughs> That's okay. We're just talking about, you know, what's kind of what, what attracts you. And you were talking about that. You want to say more what attracts each of you to the sport. And uh, Coach Rowe was talking about, I know you probably heard some of that about, um, well, not only how fast paced it is, as you said, but also the the teamwork and the kind of... Um, and a level of support there is, some sort of lack of rancor <laughs> that you find in some other in other sports, maybe where <laughs> coaches are in the in the officials' faces. But you, would you like to add anything? Go ahead if you do. Um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly where I cut out, but I think uh, I kind of heard the tail end of what Co- Coach Rowe was saying there, and uh, I definitely agree. I think volleyball is super unique, and uh, just like the on the on the floor um kind of culture you know like every team does that every team hugs after every point and if they don't they probably aren't winning as many games it's like super weird but (laughs) things like that um definitely affect the game like it's the the momentum of volleyball is super interesting and unique I think to the sport and just like um how quickly 
how quickly the game can change, I think is um, super fun. And that all has to do with kind of the, um, the energy of the team. As you can see, you can see it um, when you're watching a match, you know, like the side that's usually the loudest is probably <laughs> winning or, um, you know, those that aren't maybe as emotional or a little bit more steady um, often perform right. better. So, yeah. It's different than other sports. What I one of the things I do love about it is, um, well, it's definitely different than baseball and golf, which I have trouble uh, watching unless I'm at a ball park. But uh, I do like the speed of it, uh, and I like the way it combines. Uh, I like watching tennis for the same reason, but it kind of is, you know, it sort of has elements of tennis, right? I mean, a ball and that. I mean, not exactly, exactly the same. Um, so we've been talking about what what attracted each of you to this sport. Um, I, I want to turn now to what what the ingredients are of both a successful volleyball player and a successful uh, volleyball coach, and, and, and recognizing coach that you've been both a player and a coach. But but Kate, why don't we start with you? What what do you what do you think it takes to 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 do what you've done uh, in your four years at Gustavus as a as a volleyball star? Um, well, I definitely don't have all the answers, but I think that for me, um, the things that have made the biggest difference in my game um, would definitely be just like the ability to take direction. I think being coachable for any athlete um, is a big skill that um, will lead to a lot of success. Um, a lot of that has to do with, um, and Ro talks about this a lot, and it's definitely something that I learned um, since being at Gus Davis and wasn't super aware of before, but embracing a growth mindset and learning how to kind of be uncomfortable um, because that's kind of what will help you um, to gain new skills and to be more confident in the skills that you've developed. So I think that um, that mindset has been really helpful for me and has helped me to, um, you know, kind of find my strengths, build upon those, and then um, use those to help my team. Um, I also think being an athlete, you have to be a kind of a self-driven, self-motivated person. I think that a lot of the work that you do in the off season um, shows up during your season and that can kind of sometimes set you apart from um, other competitors. So I think that, um, you know, kind of all of that formulates together and um, just uh, can all kind of work together to um, help you find success. I also think, like I said, being on a team sport is something that's super special and having the ability to recognize that um, there's a lot more going on than just um, you and just yourself and learning how to be selfless and to be a good team player are definitely um, aspects of volleyball that I think um, you have to recognize as a, as a player on a team and um, kind of learn how to um, use your skills to better the team as a whole. Well, one, one comment and then another question. First, you just made my day and my my week and maybe my month, I don't know, the rest of the <laughs> semester because and, and coach as well, because um, you cannot learn. I don't care what it is. You cannot learn if you simply want to be comfortable all the time. Right. You have to be willing to yeah. be uncomfortable, whether it's being uncomfortable with an idea that challenges your own ideas. Um, that's just so profoundly important. Uh, and, and, and maybe we'll come back to that in the ways in which that can, um, feed into your work, your academic work as well. But the other question I had is I wonder as, as a player, 
um, volleyball player, are there certain, I mean, are there certain physical demands that are distinctive to the game or more important in the game than might be in other sports? And I don't know the answer. I'm just asking. Um, I think, I mean, I think just like endurance, I mean, it's volleyball is a lot of quick spurts of energy, you know, it's, so it's a certain type of, um, uh, endurance that you kind of, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. And, um, volleyball players get it because you feel like I can come, like I've come back after a summer and felt like I'm in great shape. And then we start playing, uh, and rallying back and forth and I'm out of breath after like 60 seconds. So I think that, um, and that's something that you just you just get more used to as the season goes on and you kind of start to gain that endurance. So I think like uh, physically that that's something um, that is definitely very different for volleyball. And um, just, yeah, like staying in shape definitely helps out with that. But also being in season just makes that easier. Um, right. How yeah, do you, what, do you, what do you do to prepare for that endurance or to build up that endurance? Are, in the, are you running or working out with weights or? Um, well, Coach Ro and Alyssa like to torture us with um, <laughs> some uh, sprint testing at the beginning of the season. So, yes, a lot of the summers, uh, I mean, I, I think all of us are, we follow like a lifting program um, that's optional, but um, definitely helps prepare us. But yes, I would say that sprinting and like high intensity interval training, if you're familiar with that, oh, kind yes, of like, yes. Um, things like that, that kill you for maybe 45 seconds. And then you work on, you know, shortening your recovery time. So, right. That, yeah, yeah that, the latter, the, the, uh, high intensity interval training makes a lot of sense to me as useful for the, for the sport. I once, I I was not on the wrestling team, but in high school we had to do some wrestling. I will never forget how intense that was and how exhausting it was and it, you know it was just seemed like minutes right it was just but so intense and it certainly looks intense watching the watching about watching volleyball be, be played especially by good players so coach what about you if you want to take a stab at what it takes f to be a successful athlete but i'm also interested in in coaching what what the successful ingredients of, of volleyball coaching are or maybe coaching in general sure i think <clears throat> i think as an athlete you know i was just like reflecting on all the different athletes who, I mean, it's also like, what's your definition of success? Because I mean, I feel like some of the greatest um, student athletes that have been a part of our program, maybe didn't even have, um, you know, a playing role on our team, but were a super impactful leader or changed the, um, you know, the, the positive energy on our team by the cheering and um, the giving that they gave on the bench. And sure. so I think it's like shows up in a lot of different ways. Um, I think for everyone to compete at this high of a level is, you know, having that a solid foundation of volleyball skills, of athleticism. And we talk a lot about speed, agility, strength, um, vertical, I was sort of jumping in volleyball. Right. Um, and <clears throat> so having that base level is important coming in in a competitive college environment and then there's a lot of things too that go with that so we've mentioned it already but we we're talking about you know mental having mental fitness and being able to perform in you know a high perceived pressure pressure environment and in a very competitive environment because we have a lot of athletes that come to us that were all their best um you know athletes on their volleyball program in high school or in club and now they're in a gym with also another you know teammate <laughs> that was also the best and they're so right. kind point. of figuring that out as well growth mindset is something we emphasize a lot in our gym because uh yeah it is so important um 
to be able to, you know, have temporary failure and to understand that that's just, I guess, for us feedback and how can that make us better, but it's so hard and we're constantly being evaluated. You know, there's wins and losses tied to it. There's starting roles and non-starting roles. So we talk about that. How does it show up in our gym? What does it look like? I think when um, players buy into that, then it's like they have to have a complete understanding coming in. But when they buy into that, I think it's huge for their growth and development. Um, That aspect of team, which, um, you know, Kate is really humble, but she is, um, very much <clears throat> and why she's been so successful. She's so dedicated and pushes herself to the utmost degree, but she understands what it means. Um, you know, the power of team is one of our team, uh, kind of core principles. Hmm. And she understands that and what it takes to give to a team. And sometimes that means that it doesn't always mean you're, doesn't always mean that you're in the best, you know, position that you want to be in, right. um, or you're in ideal position, but, And then also like that grit, um, instant gratification is just huge for, um, you know, this generation and uh, sport and in a lot of other things too, it's just not going to happen right away. Like it takes time. And that's maybe one of the hardest lessons to learn is that it's just, if you work on the skill for a week, you're still going to have to continually to work on it every single day, maybe for the entire season, maybe for your entire career. Um, so like having, uh, again, kind of that, um, that fortitude and that, um, determination to continue when it's not going so well or the way that you want to, um, for extended periods of time. And I think too, like that Kate also embodied, and I think our team did a great job this year is just that joy and love for the game because yes. you can get burned out even in high school. So I think having that, and those are all things that we look for, for, um, perspective, you know, um, student athletes are going to be a part of our program, um, in the future. Um, those are, those are, are all important, all fantastic points before we turn to coaching. Um, sorry to interrupt at one, no, I'm yeah. super excited at what you just said about joy and Kate, it comes through even just in the still photos of you and your, your teammates <laughs> that I've seen in preparing for the podcast or seen again, I should say, um, that is an incredibly important point. I think because it's some, you know, maybe, maybe this is sort of a stereotype and I'm generalizing with the parents who drive their kids and push their kids and already in, you know, elementary school or high school, they've had injuries and, you know, I mean, geez, mm-hmm. right. It should be ultimately about the joy of the game. Uh, the other thing I think is just clearly it's not just volleyball, but athletics in so many ways just prepares one for life because, you're going to have to work, whatever you do, um, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to face disappointment and failure. And you're going to have to have that, that grit mixed with, mixed with joy. Um, I tell my students all the time, you know, because something is hard doesn't mean it can't also be joyful, right? Mm-hmm. Those two things can go together. And just related, I just want to underscore what we said about the, the, the skills. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, when I think about, when I think about, not just athletes, musicians, any teachers, anybody, right? You're constantly practicing. It's not like, well, okay, I'm, I'm now I'm now I'm done. I don't ever have to practice again. No, 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 That's no, right. no, yeah. <laughs> not true. So all of that was uh, music to my ears. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead about coaching. What do you think it takes? You're you're clearly a successful coach. I mean, quite a, quite a successful coach. Uh, um, what does it take? Yeah, I think. Um, I guess for me, in my experiences, I. I was pretty bad in the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I was 26 years old and thought I knew what it took to be a head coach and, you know, a volleyball program. And it took me a while, um, one, just to figure out what does it take to, um, 
you know, to, to excel and to give the, the student athletes the experience that um, they deserve in the program. And then, you know, also to win, because that obviously is one of our goals. And um, I think, I guess one of the, there's are so many different ways to do things, I think, where you can be successful. But for one of, for me, uh, reflection has been really important. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just going through different experiences and learning from those things, and then adapting and changing. Um, I think when I figured that out, and I figured out and kind of let go somewhat of some ego and what kind of coach I wanted to be regardless of the outcomes is when Mm. it started to come together and not even, I don't even mean like winning all the time, but just like it felt better. And there, it was just, you know, better culturally for our program. Um, and we always say you do things the right way and then the wins take care of themselves. So I think there are a lot of different ways to do things. I, I really, really believe in the reflection and the willingness to try different things. And then if it doesn't go so well, how can you improve and make it better? Um, and we ask ourselves as a staff, just, you know, like, why are we doing the things that we've been doing for a long time? And is it really working the way we want it to continue to work? So, um, and just, you know, again, treating the, the student athletes like people first rather than just athletes. Yes. Oh, that's profound. Um, and the point about reflection too. You know, I think sometimes, I don't know, people, you know, you I watch football. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you think uh, to be a coach, all it takes is to stand on the sidelines and shout, you know, or make <laughs> demands. But um, forget about all the reflection that should go into it. And again, how can there be growth without that? whether at the individual level or the team level. And the other thing I like that you just said, which is so important is, you know, treating, treating the students as, as people first, right? Not, or not just as, as athletes. And I wonder, I, this may be hard for you to articulate. Do you, do you, I always wonder, do you, do you struggle? I mean, I struggle with this as a professor, how, what's the line between being, <laughs> being mm-hmm. demanding in a, in a mm-hmm. way that promotes growth and in a way that's counterproductive? You may not have an answer. I'm still searching. <laughs> I know. I think it's one of the greatest challenges as a coach or I mean, anyone that's leading a group of people. Um, it's, it, it, it is just such a great challenge to figure out how to push them in the way though, that, um, you know, I, I, I try to say like doing a way where you're showing that you, you're going to be there for them and you care for them, but we also try to be really, and more so now, and we don't have all the answers. We're still learning every single day. Trust me, we make mistakes all the time, but, um, figuring out how, um, you know, to be very honest and transparent about, you know, the things are going well, things aren't going well, what they need to work on their roles. Um, and, and sometimes having hard conversations, but mm-hmm. to try to separate like their their role on the team, their playing role from like their self-worth and what they add to the team and the value that they add to the team. So it's really hard. Um, there's such a delicate balance in that um, yes. and being demanding. But I think that if you're honest to the best, you know, you're honest about making mistakes and being human as well. And you show them not just say, but you show them ways that you care about them. Um, then it's easier to push them because they trust you more. And it's easier to have tough conversations because they know, even if you're one, the one that making the decision that your coaches are still going to be there for you. Um, has been pretty important lesson learned. All, all well said, I think. Um, and again, applicable to any, as you said, anybody leading any group, whether it's a professor in a 
class right. or trying to lead or coach. Kate, do you want to chime in here on, on your perspective as a student? I realize you're kind of, you know, coaches <laughs> right here with us, but I mean, what, what, what's a successful coach like from your perspective as an athlete? What are, what, what does it look like? What does it feel yeah. like? Well, I was just going to add in kind of, um, at the tail end of your discussion there, when you're talking about, um, like being demanding as a coach or kind of how to get those results, but also, um, you know, have a, have a relationship, um, and yeah, like treat your athlete as a human, um, who also has a life outside of volleyball. I think that's something that, um, Ro and Alyssa do really well. And I was just going to say, like, I think, like you said, everyone's always learning and you definitely like everyone's still trying to master things all the time. But I do think that that's one strength of our coaching staff is just um, the individual approach they take with each person on our team. Like the way that they communicate with me is different than they communicate with um, every other person on the team. And I think that they've done a really great job kind of tailoring their um, coaching approach, depending on, how people kind of receive feedback. And I think that that's something that um, I personally haven't experienced anywhere other than at Gustavus. And I think that that makes a huge difference as an athlete to know that your um, needs are being met. And um, yeah, I just think like some people like to be yelled at. Some people right. need a really sp soft spoken coach. And I think that being able to identify that as a coach is um can be like the biggest difference maker because that can lead to a whole different level of performance from their athletes. So, yeah, I think that that's something that they do super well and um, definitely could make any coach great. Um, All of what yeah. you're saying, both of you is putting me in um, mm -hmm. mind of Johnny Madden, you know, the great, the great football mm -hmm. coach who passed mm -hmm. away recently and who, who in so many ways was not your typical coach i think right didn't he i don't think he had i don't think he had played um or maybe he played only a little and you know sort of not yelling and screaming and and kind of let his from what i understand let his players be rather independent maybe more maybe more independent than, well, than some coaches would like go ahead no i was i say i think that there is something to that and again a lesson learned because in the beginning it was not that way um but we we have like this analogy that we talk about so pretend that you're hosting like a big party a gathering at your house for the weekend which none of us really know what's you know what that's just like recently right. um the last two years but <laughs> if you were okay and so during the week is the hard part is when you have to do all the cleaning and all the prepping and all the grocery shopping and figuring out you know all these things and so that's our practice so in practice we are um we have you know challenging practices we're fast-paced we're working on a lot of technique a lot of skills it's kind of the grind and we're giving and providing a lot of feedback during that time as well but then when it gets to the party on the weekend then you just get to relax you did all the prep you did everything necessary now it's just gonna like run smoothly and you can relax and enjoy and that's kind of our goal of what we want our team to be able to play like is that we're not having to stand up and give them feedback every you know five seconds or change all of these things or be super super engaged we can actually just sit there we'll make adjustments when needed but allow them to play and then to learn how to make changes and adapt and their own because we're not on the floor with them right. so that's going to make them better in the long run too but that's we talk about you know playing with freedom just being you uh. you trust your training go out there and just play so rarely will you see us get to 
fired up. Um, you know, we'll stand up and cheer for him once in a while. Um, <laughs> I hope so. But f- yeah, but in a negative way, um, we try to really avoid that and do the best that we can and just to allow them to play and then work on what we need to work on the next week to get better. Again, I'm sitting here, if you could see me, I have a big smile on my face because <laughs> I may even have it on my syllabus. I know I tell my students, you know, the, 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 so, so again, we think, well, any kind of stress is bad. Now, there's good stress and bad stress. Um, and the other thing is that, you know, in some ways it seems it seems contradictory, but you have to relax in a way to be able to do well. I mean, that doesn't mean relaxing to me doesn't mean I don't mean, you know, you're, you're not putting out an effort, making an effort. And it seems to me that's kind of what you're you're getting at. And yes, I know well that feeling when we just hosted even just my wife and I, just a few people and you know, all the preparation <laughs> and and then that then it comes, right? And you can just relax and enjoy and but it's all that work that's that's gone into it. Um, so uh, I don't know. There are more parallels between I think the classroom and the volleyball court and other athletic venues than than people might think, which leads me to my next question, since Gustavus is, of course, an academic institution above all, a liberal arts college. I wonder, um, Kate, if you could say a little bit more about your academic experience at Gustavus, what what you have found particularly compelling about it or or off-putting the good, bad, and the ugly. Don't be be bashful. (laughs) Yeah. um, So like I said, I majored in business management and I had a minor in classical studies, which is kind of a unique pairing. Um, So I think that that's something that I really like about the liberal arts experience is just like the, you know, the broad range of topics that you can choose to study from, I think is super, um, a super cool thing to come into college. And like, you can pretty much use your time studying whatever you want to do, whatever you choose to do. So um, I think that that was uh, kind of a cool balance where, you know, I was taking classes for my business major um, that were more tailored to probably what I would be doing in the future. But at the same time, I was taking courses in Greek and Latin history and kind of learning a whole different um, uh, range of knowledge that maybe wasn't as applicable to um the path that I was going down, but it was just like super interesting to me. And um, so I really liked that um, kind of balance of um, different topics I could study. Um, yes. I would say a little bit more in depth just within my major. I, I really liked the small classroom size. I was on like a first name basis with every professor that I ever had. And I would say I developed relationships with most of them. Um, learned a lot from you know, all of my professors and a lot of different courses. And I think that um, just like the way that Gustavus approaches learning, I think it's a really applicable nature. Like I had a lot of projects where I was working with real clients um, or I was learning about how organizations work together and how to work with different types of people. And um, just like all things that, um, I'll definitely apply in the future as I'm working in the real world. So I think that yes. um, comprehensively, just my uh, academic career was really like overall, I thought it was um, a really great experience and I learned so much. 
I think it's awesome. Everything you just said. And, and um, by the way, the classics department is just terrific at Gustavus. I've podcasted with um, some profs and uh, one alum thus far uh, who's, who himself is a classics uh, professor at DePaul University in Indiana. Um, actually, I think now that I think about it, every business major should probably take be a classics minor or a history minor. And I'll bet you, Kate, we'll come back to this maybe in 10 years. I'll bet you you'll find, mm-hmm. uh, find ways in which you'll be drawing on whatever you wind up doing. You'll be drawing on what you've learned and in that, uh, in your classics yeah. courses. I wonder too, Kate, if, if you find yourself, um, I don't know how conscious you are of this or if, if, if I'm onto something here, it kind of relates to what I've been saying earlier, but do you find yourself drawing as a student on some of the same skills or um, the, the, I would think the self-discipline you do as an athlete on the, on the court? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a huge overlap there. And um, like, being a student athlete, especially, you have to be really cognizant of where you're putting your time and your energy. So I think that, um, yeah, just like a lot of skills translate between both things, like you said, self-discipline, um, motivation, uh, time management, you know, like mental grit. Like I said, during the pandemic, yes. it was really hard to have some of that um, when it came to both academics and um, athletics. So yeah, I think there's a huge correlation there between the two. Yes. And coach, what about you as a coach, um, teacher, faculty member at a, at a liberal arts college? What, what, what's, what do you think? I, I mean, I guess you haven't coached it in a university say, but I just wonder what's, what it's, what it's like to coach, let's say in a division at a division one school versus a a division three liberal arts college like Gustavus. I guess mm-hmm. what I'm getting at, and Kate, feel free after coach, uh, offers her perspective to chime in as well. But what, what, what is the, you know, what is the place of athletics um, on a liberal arts college campus like Gustavus? I think, again, I feel, you know, biased because it was my experience, but I played division three and I now coach in division three. And I really believe that it is the best of both worlds, all the worlds colliding together because you have one of the most competitive in volleyball and in numerous sports in our conference in the MIAC, um, one of the most competitive environments in division three. So, you know, we're filled with talented student athletes that could play at division two and even some at division one, but choose Gustavus and choose division three because they want an Uh, an uncommon and excellent academic experience, what they're going to get. And then they're going to get that. um, You know, I think there's some uh, misconception too about D3 athletes, like, Oh, they don't care as much. They don't take it as seriously. It's the opposite. They're not getting paid. They have to give all of their time and effort. It still is an enormous amount of time and effort. um, And they don't really get that many perks and benefits outside of, you know, what is playing with a team um, like, you know, the swaggy gear and things like that, but they get some of it. Um, But that, and then to, to still have time for a social life, to still have time to be a two sport athlete, to still have relationships with your professors and your coaches in a very small setting that is going to add enormous meaning to your life, you know, that maybe you wouldn't get if you were, uh, you know, a, a bigger institution. Um, or maybe you'd be treated more just, and I don't know because I haven't been at D1, I've been at D2 though, and there definitely are some differences. Um, hmm. 
as you're treated, like we talked about as being a student and a person first before you're an athlete. Um, and then also you have time for a social life and just to enjoy being, um, you know, a a student in college. I think all of those, um, kind of sets you up. It's like the catalyst for setting you up afterwards of real life and what that all is going to entail and the challenges and things that you'll go through. Um, man, I do. I just think it does a great job of setting you up for the future and is as wonderful as an experience because you're still walking away from, you know, your, your sport, having all of the things, the lessons that you learned and, you know, hopefully good relationships with your coaches are going to serve as mentors later. And then your teammates who are going to be some of your best friends. Um, right. And you're going to work, you're going to yeah. work, probably be working in teams. I mean, you know, even if you're running your own business, there's going to be teamwork involved for sure. Oh, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think, um, look, I don't, I, I don't know what it's like to coach at any, at any level <laughs> or play at any level, but, um, I did try, I did try football briefly and, and for, for my sophomore year in high school, that's a whole nother, I don't know if it's a podcast, but a whole nother story. But anyway, I think, yeah, what you just said about also being able to have a, a life, um, it's a great thing about, the liberal arts college in, in this country, which, which this country invented, which is really, you know, that attention to the whole student, which, you know, Gustavus takes, rightly takes so seriously. Um, as we're winding down here, kind of related questions, I wonder, um, well, first, you know, how about, let's just, what's ahead for each of you? Kate, you're graduating. Um, career plans already or things lined up and it's okay if no? Yeah, I actually, so I actually graduated in December. So well, you I'm did. All Congratulations. Yes. You're Thank done. You. Congratulations. You're an alum. Yes. Huh. Yeah. So um, I just started a new job. Um, wow. I'm working in marketing um, for Thomson Reuters. Oh, uh, that's which fantastic. In Egan. So yeah. um, it's very new. But um, like I said, I really didn't know what direction I was going to be taking after college. So started job searching this fall and um, kind of, you know, I, I looked for a lot of different things, but I fell into this job and I'm really liking it so far. So um, that's the plan for now. And I know everyone ends up where they don't expect to be. So I'm excited right. to kind of see uh, in a few years where I'll be at. But yeah. Right. You won't, you probably won't be there. You certainly won't be there forever, but what a great first job and another indicator of Gustavus's excellence. I mean, the, I always say, you know, it's a history major students, what can I do with a history major? And I go through the whole thing and I say, you know, if we graduated, unemployable history majors year after year. I think we would have heard about it, you know. But so <laughs> no matter what your major um, at Gustavus, it's the it's the education, it's the whole experience that prepares you for what's that. That's exciting. I did not realize you had graduated already. Uh, again, congratulations and congratulations on that first uh, good, good gig. Coach, what's ahead for you? Are you preparing for the next season, I suppose? Oh, yes. Um, January is a great time to prepare for the upcoming season. And, you know, we'll miss our wonderful seniors that graduated this year, including Kate, who have really, you know, as leaders made a huge impact on our program. And how, man, the, the what they have done for underclassmen is pretty incredible. And they're all, you know, pretty motivated right now and already excited about the upcoming season. We have a really large senior class, we'll have a big freshman class coming in as well, but we have nine um, this upcoming season. So they, yeah, they're, they're very excited too, even though it seems, you know, it's a long time from now. Um, I think it'll come, you know, fast. It always does every year, but looking forward to continuing. Fantastic. I know that you've each touched on this already in your own ways, but I wonder just by, by way of conclusion, if you, if you could, uh, 
you know, I, I, elevator pitches now seems <laughs> almost an overused term. But your your what's your what's your pitch for Gustavus if you had a minute to to make? And Coach, why don't we start with you and then and then Kate? I think. <clears throat> I like stories a lot. So I'm going to tell a quick story. Um, and I've, you know, recruited numerous, uh, student athletes that have gone through a program that I don't think Gustavus was their first choice. Um, but then they came here and they realized how special it was. And, um, I'm no stranger to that because it actually happened to me. Um, and you know, I was, interviewed for a couple of jobs. And to be honest with you, not that Gustavus was an afterthought, but I didn't, I don't know. I didn't necessarily feel like I could foresee myself here. I didn't know a lot about it, but, um, I came down two days later after an interview at a different, um, school and I was here for, I'm not kidding, a half hour and my mind kind of was blown and I was, and I'm not, I'm not joking at all. Like I remember the distinct feeling like I got, you know, I have goosebumps all over my body because I just thought, oh my gosh, you can build this place, you know, can be a championship program. And I've never been on a campus with these type of people before, people that, just really care about you. And it's genuine. Like you can feel it when you're a visitor or when you've been here for 12 years, like I have. Um, but I just got that feeling from the staff. And then I met with admissions and I met with a VP and then I met with some students and I was like, wow, my mind is blown. Um, and so then I was like, Oh man, you better not blow this interview. (laughs) Um, and fortunately it went pretty well and they ended up offering me the job, but, um, it really is, you know, it sounds pretty cheesy to say it's a special place, but there is not really any other community that I've been a part of, um, that, um, is like it is at Gustavus. And, you know, we, um, we try the best that we can to embody that in our program and with an athletics and man, does it permeate in all different areas on this campus? So it's pretty great. It does. And j- just, just quickly, I mm-hmm. had literally the same experience. Um, cool. <laughs> I had interviewed uh, both at history conventions and then on one campus. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't eh, so-so, I would say, my, my feelings. And they're probably their feelings about me as well, actually. But then I came to Gustavus and I, I had literally, I mean, I'll never forget it. I remember feeling so... I mean, I was amazed by the students, the history majors. I loved the mm-hmm. people I was meeting who would be my colleagues, a number of them now retired. Um, it, just everything about it. And mm-hmm. I remember feeling as you felt like, oh, what, but what happens if I don't get the job? <laughs> <You know>? Because there <laughs> was a what? sense of, I mean, it, is, it does sound cheesy and cliched, but it's also true. And I sometimes joke, if we could just get every prospective student to come to Gustavus for a visit, we would be turning students away uh, yep. even more than we, we do now. So I can completely relate to what you're, what you're saying. Um, Kate, That's what about awesome. you? What's your pitch? Yeah, it'll probably sound pretty repetitive. Um, <laughs> I think the I think the two things that come to mind would be the people and the opportunities. I think mm. um, the people like you will make relationships with so many different people and um, learn from them in so many ways. Like the coaches that I've met, um, professors that I've met, other staff members that I've met. Like I just can say I've learned so many different things from each of them. And I just love and what I'll miss a lot about Gustavus is honestly just like walking through campus and whether you know someone super well or not, they'll say hi to you. Um, I've like 
you know, you make relationships with the people in the calf or um, you'll just say hi to coaches as they walk by and people, they want to get to know you. Like, I just, I think it's super like the small community aspect is super um, nice. unique and just really great. And uh, you don't see that a lot of other places. So I think that that is something that definitely makes Gustavus stand out to me. And um, again, just going along with that, I think the opportunities that, Yes. Um, are available to students it's kind of like an endless list like I told you like mm -hmm. I was involved in Gustavus Women in Leadership and like I haven't met that many other people that have had an opportunity to you know like put together a conference for 300 people during right. college mm -hmm. and uh, learn you know like the the life lessons that I learned throughout doing that are something that I'll take with me forever and you know there's clubs of every different topic you can make a club if you want you know I just think right. there's just like so many um so many things that you can be involved with and it's just definitely something that um is unique to the the smaller um community at Gustavus. Yeah so. I, I think um these themes of community and also as you just said Kate people and opportunities uh well said um even even for professors, I mean, if I were at a division one, if I were at a research university, which I didn't want to be at, I wanted to be at a liberal arts college, even though I didn't attend one. My wife, Kate, did. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't be I don't think I'd be able to do a podcast. You know, they'd say, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. That's not what you're supposed to, you know, specialization. And um, mm -hmm. so I, I really like that emphasis on not only on community and people, but also on opportunities. Well, again, congratulations to you both um, for all the good work you've done, the successes and, and, the, and the failures along the way and the setbacks. Um, but it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Um, I can't wait to speak with you in person at some point. <laughs> we'll, we'll do Greg, that. Greg, we got to get you to a match. You know, we oh, have an honorary coach night. Oh, you could even gosh. be on the bench. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, listen. Wow. <laughs> now I'm really smiling. Hmm. Yeah, okay. we got to get you I, to a match. I, I, I haven't been to a football game in a long time. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. Count me in. That's cool. I mean, um, maybe I'll have a second career as an assistant coach. Who knows? Without any experience. I can learn from, from the greats watching you. Oh, so seriously, thank you for that. Take good care, both of you, and all the best. Thank you thank so you much, so Greg, much. for happy, having us. You're quite really welcome. It was a pleasure. It. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Learning for Life at Gustavus is produced by J.J. Aiken and Matthew Dobosensky of the Gustavus Office of Marketing. Gustavus graduate Will Clark, class of 20, who also provides technical expertise to the podcast, and me. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Gustavus Adolphus College.